The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. Talking about the race for Karangamide, it's hotted up again because we've got a new announcement of a new candidate. Paul Barker is on the line. He's the candidate endorsed from the Liberal Democrats running for Karangamide. He's also a councillor in Torquay Ward of Sefco Shire. Uh, Paul Barker, good morning. Thanks for being on the program. Good morning, Mitchell. Thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. So just explain. Well, actually, first of all, how's your term on the South Coast Council going since you were elected last year? Oh, for those discerning listeners who pay attention to politics, uh, they'll be well aware that I'm a minority voice in many cases, um, but have been able to be a voice for the local community in situations where um, there have been contentious issues. Um but I've been able to get their concerns raised in the public forum. Have you been able to actually have any wins uh, in terms of your policies or your ambitions towards a more free council, or are there just more councillors that are sort of opposed to some of those ideas on council? Uh, again, um, your discerning listeners will, will see that um, there do appear to be some sort of voting blocks uh, on, on some cases. The, the The freedoms that I'm trying to... Uh, deliver uh, are challenging. Mm. I was able to get those uh, temporary road closures removed before Christmas, which was a, a major win. Um, and in terms of the uh, financial uh, position, I've been able to drive some reforms on our uh, loan policy that have been, uh, I think, a, a much better step forward in terms of long-term financial viability. So your federal campaign for Karangamite, what inspired you to put your hand up and run for Karangamite? Because you've, of course, run a couple of times to local council and you were successful the last time around. So uh, why the move from local to federal? Uh, the, the key issue is at the moment, um, among a whole range of other uh, economic and uh, liberty issues that uh, we face generally, uh, we've got a mounting national debt that's getting out of control and that the COVID response of $311 billion on top of that is just adding to significant debt pressure. Um, but the key thing for me is that there's a whole bunch of public policy that's either implemented or, or very strongly being hinted at that's going to cause a huge amount of division in society uh, with regards to vaccine passports or mandates or um, just, just the whole concept of having the choice of the individual being abolished. Now, I'm not saying that uh, some of the things being advocated for at a mandatory level aren't good, but people should have the choice to do so and not be precluded if they choose not. So I guess the big question from a lot of people listening would be philosophically, how would you or how would your party have responded to the COVID situation? Would you have had lockdowns or how would it have worked? Not in the slightest. Obviously, it's easy to speak in hindsight, uh, but philosophically, we're opposed to restrictions of that kind. Uh, And as time has gone on, we've seen evidence around the world that has supported the position that lockdowns only cause a net destruction to society. It's not saying that they don't have some minuscule benefit, but I think it's important for leaders at any level 
to take information from all different sectors, weigh up the costs and benefits and make a decision that's based on a net benefit to society and not driven by the polls or public opinion. So in terms of the vaccine passport, I've got a certificate on my phone because I've been fully vaccinated and uh, I can get it in my wallet and it's got a big tick on it and says, you've been vaccinated. Is that the same as a vaccine passport? Are you opposed to that as well? Or is a vaccine passport something that's a bit more substantial in terms of a Uh, document? The the passport is way more substantial and it it potentially will create a, a degree of segregation that has only been witnessed in recent history in South Africa with their apartheid. Um, It's potentially going to create a a two-tiered society that, if anyone's seen the movie Gattaca, um, shows what sort of a potential future there is when you get that degree of segregation between society. If a... Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. uh, The note you make on your, your phone... Um, that should be sufficient. Um, I'm very much, well, I'm not supportive of, but I wouldn't oppose uh, individual businesses discriminating on the basis of vaccination. They're free to choose to do so and either reap the rewards or suffer the consequences of that uh, without government intervention. Um, But then at the same time, uh, we've got a whole bunch of different organisations popping up around Australia that are advocating or businesses to join them in highlighting that they'll accept customers whether they're vaccinated or not, which is really, really good. It, it shows a, an inclusive, compassionate society that appreciates that we're all individual and will make our own choices based on the information at hand and our own situations. So businesses can be allowed to say, no, we need to see proof that you've been vaccinated because that's their individual choice, but you wouldn't support a Daniel Andrews or a state government coming in and saying you have to be vaccinated before you're allowed to go to a cafe. Correct. Um, And as you've noted, the the note that you've got should be sufficient to enable that for businesses that do want to discriminate on those bounds. What about the argument that we as a society need to get up to, say, 80% vaccination before it becomes really effective? So if I just go and get vaccinated myself and I'm the only person vaccinated, hypothetically, that wouldn't actually have a huge impact on the virus, whereas you've got to encourage uh, the vast majority of people to actually get vaccinated before there's any um, public health benefit. I think the Doherty report that advocated for that is obviously based on sound medical advice. But I make the analogy, it'd be equivalent to taking your car to a fuel injection specialist to get serviced. If you just focus on the vaccination for total uh, societal health, you're going to fall short. So if you take your car to the fuel injection specialist, you'll have the best fuel injection in the world, but your brakes might be shot and you'll you'll crash because you, you didn't have... A, a whole view of the situation. So I, I'm not discounting that that uh, report and target could have some benefit, but I really question if it's going to have a net benefit to society by having that tunnel vision focus just on that one element of public health policy.
couple of other issues around Karangamon. It does seem like the battle lines have been drawn early by some of the candidates around the issue of planning and they've all come out to say that we're uh, against a lot of the development and we want to make sure that the Bellarine maintains its character and its heritage. What are your views on that and how would you enter that debate? Well, I think the best way to maintain heritage is through widespread private property ownership. I, I don't think it's fair for taxpayers who don't value a certain element, or say it's uh, heritage of a, a particular location, to fund the protection of that. What I think would be a better solution is that if groups in society got together who value the same thing and, and purchased these elements, means that they've got a, a direct ability to control what happens with that and it's a much more equitable distribution of taxpayer funds to protect elements that individuals value rather than um, taking everyone's money and directing it to, to pet projects. And uh, who do you, or how do you think Karangamite is going at the moment in terms of its current representation? And I suppose, who would you be preferencing on your How to Vote card? Uh, would you be directing votes first towards Liberal or towards the Labor Party? Based on um, a whole range of different factors, I, I think it's evident that a whole lot of voters in the Karangamite region over successive elections have been voting less and less for the major parties. Um, the representation we've had at the moment, um, you'll have a look at the, the history and as you, your previous uh, caller, Senator Henderson, um, showed that she actually polled really well in first preferences, but the incumbent got across the line based on preference flows um, so it's not... Well, we've got a whole bunch of issues with the the, um, the way voting is conducted in terms of the preference flows. But if people want to see real change and some sensible parties get up, I suggest that they put minor parties first and put the major parties last. Uh, well, from a personal point of view, I'd probably preference Liberal over Labor. Um but it's important that voters understand that they can control their preference flows by numbering every box. And you are, are you in favour of preferential voting or not? Uh, not particularly. There's a whole uh, debate we could have on that, uh, which would take a, a reasonable period of time. Maybe we'll do it one um, day. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, I think it's important that people don't defer to these plans that certain candidates put out and they actually number each box themselves um, because in that way they have ultimate control on where those preference flows go. Well, thanks very much for being on the program and we'll have you back on the program uh, in the lead-up to the election because I think it's important that the people listening, uh, particularly those in Karanga, might get to hear who they're actually voting for and that's a big thing that we try and do here. So thank you very much and good luck with your campaign. Thanks, Mitchell. Have a lovely, lovely day. Thank you very much. Councillor Paul Barker there, who is, of course, on Surf Coast Shire representing Torquay Ward. He's now put his hand up to run in the federal seat of Karangamite at the next federal election. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. 
Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.